0: Hello, you fool. I love you. Come on, join the Joyride.
1: Hello and welcome to the Joyride podcast. John is my name. And Ian is my name. And we come to you In June of 2022, we've managed to survive the Platinum Jubilee. Um, Ian, how was celebrating the Queen's time still being alive for you?
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah, because I'm a big royalist, as you know. Um, (laughs) I I felt like I spent four days trying not to watch the BBC News Channel, mostly. Mm. Did you watch the concert? No, I didn't watch the concert. But can I... Oh, why would I watch the concert? I don't like there wasn't I mean I'm not that big of a fan of Craig David, to be honest with you. <laughs> um I liked Queen when Freddie Mercury was alive. Not that impressed with Adam Lambert, to be perfectly honest. No.
1: Um, no. Big fan of um that guy that was on Eurovision? Um Steve
0: Ryder. <laughs> Steve Ryder. Yeah, Sam Ryder. Yeah, I mean I Sam think he just kept, I think I mean I, I've seen highlights on the news this week. I think Sam Ryder came out and sang his Spaceman song and that was it. Yes. Because uh, what other songs could he possibly do? Because it I mean it really would be the deep cuts because we don't know apart from that <laughs> universe song. I mean, he has written, I mean you, you look him up on Spotify, he has a lot of songs, but I right. don't think anyone knows any of them apart from Spaceman.
1: No, I mean I've never heard that Spaceman song. Uh, yeah. I've managed Sorry. to avoid it. Sorry. I want to keep Babylon Zoo's original clear yeah. in my mind. When oh, I, mean, this... I
0: heard he was doing that, I thought that's what he was going to be doing, a cover of that. I really hoped it was.
1: And sadly, it wasn't. No. I, I, mean,
0: I know you like Rod Stewart. I can't stand Rod Stewart. I think he's a mm. terrible singer. I don't like any of his music. So was, he not he like only... the highlight? was he not the he... highlight of the
1: night? He only came on and sang Sweet Caroline, which isn't even his song, which I thought was he very weird. Out,
0: But he came on, I mean, they showed this in the news. He came on at the start and said, like, oh, the BBC are making me sing this, so please could you just help me sing it? <laughs>
1: a bit weird well, it's a bit um, weird um, Juran, and-
0: I mean, I, like, I quite like Jaran Jaran, they're alright but I wouldn't watch it for Jaran Jaran
1: no, I mean it's, it's yeah, I mean well well played to all and sundry but I, 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 it's not for me I mean that's the only bits that I saw were bits of the concert um, I mean you know, do, should we be celebrating people, you know, for four day celebrations just because they're still alive I mean, our friends and our family, maybe. Hmm. But an old woman Should who's we, lived in privilege her entire life. <laughs> Should we be waving at a gold
0: carriage, going up and down the street with a hologram in it, really? Yeah. yeah. That's what I found particularly bizarre. There was like a gold carriage, and they put this weird hologram in the window of the Queen waving, and there were people waving at it. Yeah, I no. you're like, not only are you wearing, you're wearing bunting, you're waving at a hologram. It's quite strange.
1: I mean, I think the one thing we do have to talk about, if we, if we are mentioning um, the... Platinum Jubilee is the fact that all those, and I'm going to use this term advisedly, weirdos that slept out overnight and manned the mall and Mm. uh, wore the bunting and the Union Jacks on their head and and all the rest of it. Even those who must read the Express, the Mail, Telegraph, you know, the Sun, I'm imagining, Mm. they all still booed Boris Johnson. Well, no, no, you
0: say that, but according to Nadine the Doris, there was mostly cheering. <laughs> you know the <laughs> cheering actually drowned out the boo. I mean, I've, i I get that's one of the few clips I have seen because they kept showing that in the news. And I love yeah. how they said that there weren't there weren't really any booze. But then they kept showing this clip of Victoria Derbyshire and some BBC folk hearing it and going, Oh, oh wow, that's a lot of boon. Like you could hear the, the BBC royal correspondent going, Oh, that's a lot of boon. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. That's a lot of boon. They stopped showing that after a couple of like sh- like hours. But mm. that that was the thing they kept showing on the Saturday or the Friday, whenever it was. Yeah. So the fact that you've got these, I mean, so Owen Jones had said, these are not usually card-carrying Labour Party members that are attending this oh. kind of thing, and a big chunk of them. And it wasn't just when he went into the church. When he went to the concert at night, there was a big lot of people booing
1: him as well. Yes. Yes. Um,
0: uh, so I just like I just like the idea that he gets booed. Everybody goes now until he finally stops being prime minister.
1: I mean, apparently he was down in um, Tiverton and what Tiberton and something or other. I can't remember what the other part of the constituency yeah. is where there's going to be a by-election in a couple of weeks. And mm. um, he did no press calls. He did no uh, public events. He only did private private events. But still, wherever he went, apparently he was booed yeah. when he was outside the Conservative Party associations. Basically, when he walked
0: uh, into his limousine, he got booed whenever
1: he went. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, uh, but the thing about it is, is, and this is the weird part of British democracy, um, as is, and has always been, is that all that booing doesn't matter um, a thing if you can get 211 of your own members of parliament to vote for you in a vote of no confidence.
0: Yes. Uh, And a vote that they've described as being healthy, majority, clear-cut, Mm-hmm. To move on, everything's fine. I mean, I thought it was really funny because they played Jacob Reese Mogg after Theresa May's voter conference when she'd got she did better, and he said, yes. Oh, that's a disgrace. Nearly like half the backbench MPs have voted against her. She needs to resign. After this one, he said, Oh, it's a, it's a marvelous victory, clear cut, yes. healthy majority. The prime minister's going nowhere, he's a wonderful prime minister. Oh. Um, I know. It's very strange. And every single one of them, every one of the cabinet came out and said, right, it's time to move on. Right. We've had the vote. That's it. It's time to move on. Even though that is the worst any prime minister has ever done in a vote of confidence. I
1: know. I know. And yet, I saw a thing in the Observer today. Uh, this is Sunday the twelfth, I think. Is it Sunday the twelfth? Yeah, Sunday the twelfth of, of, of June. And um Labour Party are two points ahead of, of the Conservative Party in a poll. And um, Boris Johnson still outscores Keir Starmer as to who would be the better Prime Minister.
0: I mean, I think there's a problem right there. Is that <laughs> I was listening to James O'Brien this week and he had a day devoted to why is Keir Starmer not cutting through with the public? And do you know what most folks
1: said? They said it was his voice. Well, you do the impression of him, and every time you do the impression, I'm like...
0: Who does that yeah. kind of... It's that sort of... He just doesn't... He, he's rubbish. He's in a rubbish voice when he says something. Prime Minister, what are you doing? Mm. And he also doesn't... like. He's not particularly passionate. Now, obviously, that doesn't make you a good politician or a good guy being passionate, because Boris is overly passionate. Yes. I mean, I, I said to my wife the other day, I said to her yesterday, like... Debating Boris is probably like wrestling a bowl of jelly. Like It's impossible to get your punches in because it would just keep sliding out your, your fist. But it no, but doesn't matter what you say to him. What Boris does is he, he puts his pen in his pocket, points his finger, shouts, and makes up something. Yes. And whatever you say back to him, he points his finger, shouts, and he makes some, something else. You can't debate that. I know they say it's his formidable Oxford debating skills, but that is his formidable debating skills, is, is making up stuff and shouting yeah. And seeing exactly what his backbenchers want to hear. And I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know. Because you're not going to get someone, whether it's a Labour or a Lib Dem or an SNP, who, I mean, you're not going to get anyone that behaves like that. Because you go back and you look at David Cameron, Theresa May, John Major, all the Tory prime ministers that we've seen come and go. None of them behaved like that. None of them had that kind of style where they just make up stuff, point and shout yeah. repeatedly. I don't know what you do with that. I mean, I've heard folks suggesting that Labour need to find their own version of Boris, but I don't think no. that exists.
1: And I, I think the thing is, is, he's been able to, you know, if you think about it, though, um, for the last ten years, when his, I mean, in the two thousands, he was he was a punchline. He was a have mm. I got news for you celebrity host. You know, I mean, he was a he was a laughable figure in many ways. Um, But he became a credible... I mean, he's not credible, but you know what I mean is... In the Mm. eyes of some, he became a credible Prime Minister. But look who he may have been up against on the Labour front bench. Ed Miliband, then Jeremy Corbyn, then Keir Starmer. Like, these are, at best... I mean, at best, these would have made the worst Labour Prime Ministers of all time if any of them had made Prime Minister... Do you know what I mean? Is I mean, if you, I mean, you know how I am not a fan of of, of Gordon Brown, mm. uh, but imagine Gordon Brown sat opposite, him. and yeah. I, and when I mean Gordon Brown, I mean uh, pre financial crash Gordon Brown, not yeah. the one that was this haggard, tired figure. By yeah,
0: the, the Iron Chancellor Gordon Brown from the
1: United Iron Chancellor the Gordon Brown, Boris doing that yeah, boo, suck, ta, thing, and then Gordon Brown just standing up and glaring at him, yeah, and just talking like an adult. But Um, also
0: having the wit, Tony Blair would have been the same. Tony Blair would have run rings around him. And that's, I feel, I know people that say, oh, Keir Starmer, he's, you know, he's a lawyer, he's a QC, he's, you know, look at the position he had as the director of prosecution, he's very clever. And I don't deny that he's a clever man, but he doesn't have the wit and the, he doesn't, I mean, he's, he's good at thinking of forensic arguments on his feet, but just the odd zinger. You need someone yeah. that's kind of quick-witted that could actually yeah. take him down a peg or two. Because I don't I don't understand why they don't do that more often. I mean, on Wednesday, they had Prime Minister's questions, and this was a big point of discussion afterwards, was why did Keir Starmer not go for him? Because he didn't. He let him off. Yeah. He, he, talk, he talked about the health service, which is very important, but he didn't really make much of the, the no confidence or the, the confidence vote that happened two days before.
1: No,
0: no. I don't particularly like her, but the first Labour person to stand up was Angela Eagle. And she was good. I mean, she's got the same voice as Keir Starmer. If I do my Keir Starmer voice, <laughs> it just becomes <laughs> illegal. I think a bit but she was, she was good. Yeah. She basically just said, if 140 of your MPs don't trust you, why should we? And he he just kind of went, well, I've lots of opposition in my time and it's uh, just beginning. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, I, I continue to do that. It means I'm doing the right thing.
1: Yeah. And he, he didn't really have an answer for that no he didn't and and the, and the you know what was really telling especially because you know debating and all that kind of stuff and how brilliant he is we haven't done a pod i'm fairly certain since the mum's net interview mm, yeah uh, where obviously and this is the thing is he couldn't go for that lady he yeah. couldn't do the yahoo suck start shouting at you type thing and i do wonder if if labor have missed a trick or really did miss a trick for i mean not i can't remember what that lady of that Sorry, that lady's name who um, Rebecca Long-Bailey, is it? I mean, Mm. she would have been a dreadful choice as Labour leader. But like Angela Rayner, put him up against a woman. Yeah, what
0: would he do? Lisa Nandy, put him up against somebody like that.
1: What would he do? Because they don't necessarily, because that that takes away that superpower that he has. Because if he he just talked to them the way he talks to Starmer, he would come across as so incredibly patronising and sexist. The the media commentariat would would be commenting on that constantly, and he would have to change his tone, like he did with that Mumsnet interview. Is that when she said, "You know, we can't trust you; you're a liar," and he just had to kind of go. Ah, 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 he didn't, it was hilarious because he
0: he didn't know what to do. No, he didn't no. know how to handle it. It's the same when he did that interview with Susanna Reed a couple of weeks ago. He didn't really know how to because ha- he when it's a female asking him difficult questions. He does it because he can't go down as yaboo sucks to you that he does with all the men. He can't do that.
1: No, and and it's, it is a, and obviously you can't. I mean, you shouldn't. You, you should always, when choosing a political leader, choose the best person for the job, not who um, you know who you've been thinking. I mean, and then again, you know, we don't know if Lisa Nandy, if Angela Rayner are good organizers if the good, you know, can carry people with them like you need to be to be a political leader. But I do think that's the big thing that's missing from Starmer. And the other thing about it is being, you know, being a QC, being um, an incredibly successful barrister or whatever, actually, you know, we have this vision in our heads that lawyers are so good at being able to persuade and, mm. and et cetera. I now, you know, just with, with, with the different pieces of work that I have to do, I sometimes spend time in court with barristers and I can tell you that they're very learned. They're very intelligent. They are extremely, um, you know, gifted in what they do, but they're not orators. No, not at all. They're not orators. They, 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 They don't, I mean, we, I mean, I'm sure a couple of the very, very best ones are, but the British court system is not like LA law. Or no. Ali McBeal, or no, 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 any no, of right. the other things we've grown up with, where you know they walk around the courtroom and they dominate it, and they're funny and they're you know etc. That's not the British legal system. It's no. a lot of well, well. Um, if my learned friends, if I just um, um, if I just talk to, if I could just point you towards the the um, amendment four of uh, the you know Article Three, and and, and and that's Keir Starmer.
0: Well, Keir Starmer you did know? a press conference right after the the conference vote, and it was terrible.
1: Yeah, it was. He just went on awful. for five
0: minutes and he was like, All right, thanks. And he walked away. And you're like, well, what was the point of that? That was terrible. He didn't land a single yeah. blow. He just said, Labour here, labor here. We're, we're the party that you can trust. Uh we're, we're not like him. Uh, thank yeah. you. And then he just walked off and you're like, That was that was terrible. You could have said just a bit more cutting. Exactly. So that's the thing They need somebody yeah. who's more cutting. And somebody that Boris can't do the public schoolboy thing that he does yeah. to. You know, that that blah 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 blah.
1: And that's why somebody like Angela Rayner or somebody like Lisa Nandy um mm. is um, is 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 perfect because they're all they're they're northern, they're working class. Um try it. Try it and see if you can keep your red wall doing it that to them. Yeah. You know. Like
0: Jess Phillips. Imagine go up against Jess Phillips. Yeah. Whatever Phil- like whatever angry moods
1: he exactly. know what to do.
0: I don't I mean, I, I, I like when he's going up against Angela Rayner, it's not happened very often, but he doesn't know what to
1: do with her. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, and I think that that's the thing is, and, and this is where the Labour Party... You know, one of the other things is, obviously, Jeremy Jeremy Corbyn and um, Tom Watson hated each other. Mm. Absolutely hated each other. But really, what the deputy leader should be for me is is the organising genius. Yeah, That's who you want as your deputy leader. I mean, Harriet Harman was a really good deputy leader. Yeah. yeah. You know, because she could just go away. And, and John Prescott, to a large extent, was a good deputy leader. Because what he could do was... He could talk to the parts of the party they needed to be talked to, organize things, get everybody on the right page. Leave, leave Tony, leave Gordon, well, mm-hmm. whatever, to do the to do the front of house stuff, you know. And and but because Watson and Corbin, well, Corbin is, it appears in his his circle was such control freaks once they got there, but didn't take anybody with them. And and so there's a yeah, and and. Uh, it means that the labor party are in a real struggle and of course it's classic what um left leaning left-leaning people like ourselves do is and the guardian does it and the mirror does it and and, and james o'brien does it and etc is that the, the right wing don't do that no after all that's happened gb news talk tv the mm. times the telegraph the mail the mirror no not the mirror sorry the mail the express yeah. They stay four square behind the Conservative Party. Oh, they circle
0: the wagons around the Conservative Party in a time
1: like this. You know, whereas the, the left-leaning have yeah. what could be if, best? If, if
0: Starmer gets fined for this curry night thing, mm. the, the left papers will turn on him. Oh, well, completely. Way, the right-wing papers didn't turn him and had, still haven't turned on Boris, despite lying to yeah. Parliament and, breaking, yeah. and actually breaking the law, lying to the Queen. Uh, Illegally paroling Parliament, like they've the, they've given them a really easy ride About that. I mean, the day after Boris was had that really embarrassing vote last week, the front page of the Daily Mail was Smirking Starmer uh, yes. goes away and Boris is stronger than ever before. That was their take on it. I know. And now, and, I, and I've heard the BBC, I've heard a Guardian podcast I've heard James O'Brien. Like I said, they're all now analysing what could Keir Starmer do to be better, rather than Bo- like still focusing on how awful Boris is. Yeah. Why is Kestarm also rubbish?
1: Yeah. And 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 they're doing it because it's all, I mean, the same reason we've done it from the good place that you want it to work. But all that happens is it goes back into the noise that labor aren't doing well. Mm. And, and then it just kind of falls away. And it's um, and the other thing that baffles me, and it's how they do it. And it's and it's a genius in its own sense, is that in, in like I say, in two weeks' time, there is a good chance that the Conservatives will lose a red wall seat and also a safe <laughs> Conservative seat in the same day, but yet, and you, you hate this phrase, I know, because I hate it too, and you've mentioned it before, but now those two defeats are, in inverted commas, priced
0: in. Oh, they're already saying that. It's priced in. I mean, what they're now saying is you always lose by elections anyway, even though that, I don't, I don't even know if you call it a blue wall, a blue moat seat. I mean, it's so safe. Yeah. It's got such a majority. But there were Tory folk on the news this week saying, like, well, yeah, it's a, it's a mid-term election. That's what happens. You know, the, the people don't turn out and it doesn't really mean anything.
1: I know. But the, the, bo- the polling suggests that the Lib Dems are going to win that seat. Uh, but, but four or five weeks ago, whenever it was that the man was watching his pornography mm. uh, and then having to resign the seat, if they lost such a safe seat, it would be such a seismic event yeah. that basically governments crumble. But they did, it yeah. on,
0: but they were doing it on Monday. On Monday, they were talking to folk and they were saying, like, you know, if we win by one vote, Boris is still in charge and he's still got the conference of the party. So they were managing expectations. It was priced in that he was going to lose a lot of his MPs on, on Monday night. And they've done the same ever since then. They've talked about these by elections and said, look, if we lose them, it doesn't change anything. And Nothing's it. changed, everything. So that that then becomes so, so basically, if they do win one of those, if they keep the blue wall seat, it's a victory for Boris. Even, yeah. if they, even if the, whatever it is, 24, 26,000 majorities whittled down to, like, 1,000, it'll be like that vote on Monday. It'll be like, well, look at Boris. Look what he's done. They only lost yeah, 25,000 votes to the 26,000. That was Boris. Yeah, but, that was his charisma that did that.
1: He's still the Heineken prime minister who can reach places others can't, and it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, expectation management. Like, we are going to be at the point, if, if he lasts until 2024, which there is a chance that he will, if he lasts until 2024... You can see a world where during that election campaign, as long as he manages to keep wearing trousers mm-hmm. in public events, then he has met expectations but they were That's going round, how low it all have been
0: they were going around Manchester, some kind of like poor market town area of Manchester the day after on Tuesday, the day after the vote mm-hmm. and they were speaking to people, and they were all saying this they were all saying like, yeah, but I mean, yeah, he's done something wrong, but like who, who could do a better job than him? Like, there's no one else. And the, they weren't just meaning in the Tory party, they were, like, there's no one else in the country could do better than him. And you think, look at COVID. Look at how he mm-hmm. handled COVID. Look at how he's handled Partygate. Look at how he's handled everything. Let's go back through his whole career. Look at his private life and his relationships. Mm-hmm. And yet, we're being told, and we're being told by the Tories as well, like, there is no one else. Which says much about the ambition of these guys That they genuinely think there's no one could do I mean, there isn't anyone that could do what he does Because he's an yeah. absolute disaster But exactly. the idea that there's no one else in the Conservative Party Could do it. I mean, my kids could do a better job running the country Just in terms of having empathy And being rational human beings And you, a conversation would actually make sense It wouldn't just be Answering a load of <laughs> waffle nonsense To a question that you weren't even, answered, you weren't even asked But it's this, this, it's this idea That there is no one else in the whole of parliament that could lead the country right now given the and situation in ukraine given the cost of living crisis this is what we need a guy is. who basically debates like a bowl of jelly that's what we need
1: and the thing that is one of the weird weird things is i bet those same if certainly if it was in the northwest of the great manchester area that that box pop was taking place you know you'd said to them right okay Right, so nobody better in the current, so we shouldn't change because there's nobody better. What football team do you support? Oh, you're a Manchester United fan. Okay. Mm. So they have had the worst season of all time. Uh, Surely there can be nobody better than their current manager, right? You don't want to change the manager at this point, do you? Or the players, because there's nothing better that we can do. And they'd be like, oh, no, 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 lose three games in a row and you should be fired. And you're like, you know, like we are now at a point where The expectations we have of our relatively frivolous football supporting is so much more rigorous (laughs) than than what it is for a prime minister. I mean, it's so utterly baffling. It's beyond me. Um, We we live in such a very strange country. We certainly do.
0: And it doesn't feel like it's going to change anytime soon.
1: No. And so let's try it again. I'm just kind of conscious of time. And I want to sort of try, if we can, this week to basically go two-thirds awfulness mm. let's try and think one-third positivity as we always do about things that are good i mean we often go to culture when we do this because there's no point telling you that you know I had quite a nice pizza the other day that's mm. not really going to make us feel good you know or anything like that so anything with it anything that you can recommend to 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 readers ian that you've enjoyed
0: but i've not really seen much new i mean i've been kind of Keeping up with the stuff we've already talked about, like Stranger Things and the Obi Wan Kenobi show, I haven't. I know you've been watching new stuff. I know you told me that I needed to watch Outlaws, which I haven't watched yet. Um, I don't know why. I just have kind of been saving it. Um, there's nothing really. I mean, I've, I've been enjoying Obi Wan Kenobi because I love seeing you and McGregor running around as as Obi Wan Kenobi. Have you have you seen
1: all the Obi Wan Kenobi episodes? I have. I'm fully up to date. This week's was a bit silly. <laughs> Silly in terms of it just it just wasn't believable.
0: There was the bit when he hid
1: the the child
0: under his coat and snuck her out, and it looked yes. like he was wearing a giant coat. That was ridiculous. <laughs> More ridiculous than... I mean, Star Wars is full of ridiculous things, but even I was like, oh, that's a bit silly. That's really kind of lazy writing that that sounded... And there were a number yeah. of times in the episode where... The character who was helping Obi-Wan Kenobi was like communicating him to him and she was sitting in a room full of baddies who didn't hear her talking like she was sitting right next yeah. to the guy and then one of the baddies came over and she like fought him and put him to the ground and the rest of the folk in the room didn't notice there was just a couple of sides <laughs> of like yeah the, the writing's quite lazy on this
1: yeah they, they, they wanted to do a particular style of um episode of uh, you know uh, very I think supposed to be reminiscent of A New Hope Well,
0: somebody's pointed that out that we've had four episodes, and each episode so far has corresponded with episode one, two, three, and four of the film series. If you actually look at what happens within each episode, they kind of do. And that was clearly, if you actually think about it, because the first one's set on very heavily set in Tatooine, lots of characters, it's very much like Phantom Menace. Second one starts on this kind of like cyberpunky planet, which is like that. You think of the start of Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. The bit when Obi Wan's chasing through that thing, it was very like that. Third one, Lots of fire, but, Mustafa, yes. Vader. Yeah, you know, it's very little revenge. Says so that means that this week's one well, episode five is going to be really dark. Hopefully,
1: yeah. Hopefully so. It's uh, yeah. I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think I think uh, before the the Obi Wan Kenobi show was even released, even just when it was mooted, when it was first announced, I think all me and you wanted from it was for you and McGregor just to wander around being Obi Wan Kenobi. We've had that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's even better than that. I mean, oh, so been, much better than that. And, no, and, and yeah, Ewan I've, is amazing.
0: I've really enjoyed. I mean, I just this, I, I still enjoyed this week's episode. I just thought it was a bit silly. But I've enjoyed the first three episodes. Were really, really, really good. He has been brilliant in it. Mm-hmm. I think Ewan has been really good. Um, and it's probably exceeded my expectations, which is surprising. because we were both quite excited about it. But it's been better than I thought it was actually going to be. Um, yeah. So much so that they're now talking about a second series of it
1: which we can, only, we can only hope for, I think. Uh, what about Stranger Things? Because when we sp- spoke yeah. last week, you or last time, rather, I think you'd seen four episodes by then. Um, well, have you seen all I of it? I
0: actually took my time and re-watched the first four again and then watched five, six, and seven last Right, weekend. okay.
1: And, and um, what are your thoughts? Is it quality
0: level in terms oh, of well, standing think, up? I mean, the episodes are very long, but I don't know if they really feel it. I feel like they kind of like... I don't, it's not like watching a long, boring film where you're like, oh God, there's still another hour to go. I don't, mm. I, I quite like that. I enjoy Stranger Things so much. I'm quite happy with the long episodes because it just means we get to spend longer with the characters that we enjoy. Yeah. Um, I don't, the one thing that I kind of find a bit disappointing is the fact that the characters are fragmented from each other. So we're not getting the usual dynamic, which makes it, I suppose that makes it something different. But the fact that you've got all these different groups of characters in different parts of the world. Mm. I, I kind of wish they were all back together. I mean, I think that's where we're heading in the last couple of episodes.
1: But yeah. no, I've really enjoyed it. What have you thought of it? I've really enjoyed it. I think, I think there's a sneak peek. I don't know if you've seen it. There's yeah, a sneak yeah, yeah, peek yeah. of uh, that's now released, which looks like they're going to be separated for a bit still. Yeah,
0: definitely. You know,
1: I, I think it's only going to be the last episode, which is supposed to be like four hours long or something. Isn't two
0: it? and a half hours long. Two and, and a half hours. A, a, like a film and a
1: half. Yeah. So I think that they... Um, I think that one will see them reunited. I I do love, I think this season, and, and bear in mind, I'm a huge, huge fan of Stranger Things anyway. Uh, but I do genuinely think that the episode, was it called Dear Billy? Yeah. Is that yeah. what it's called? That is, I'll say two things about it. That is easily the best Stranger Things episode that there's ever been. Right. And it's up there in the top three television episodes I think right. I've ever seen. Do you like know the thing, I, I
0: listened I listened to a few podcasts that analyze stranger things and some of the podcasters really didn't like that episode which i find ex- really? extraordinary because I thought that was a f- I mean is that the fourth episode yeah, it is, yeah. It is. it's like I mean I've seen that one, I've seen it twice now and it is it's it's a fantastic episode yeah. it pulls I mean it's properly emotional um, yeah it's really quite dramatic uh and tense and it's just a brilliant episode of television. And you're right, it's probably one of the, It's certainly the best episode of Stranger Things. I yeah, agree with you. I would get behind so. you on that. I think it's the best episode. Um, it- and what do you know what else I enjoy, which I know you will, because you basically are this character. I like how your character, Murray, because you and I, <laughs> we did a... I don't know if i ever talked about this, but we, we went to Stranger Things birthday party a couple of years ago. Yes, we did. And I, I, mean, I we didn't even know we were doing this. Like we, I, I knew you were going and you knew I was going. Yes. Yeah, I dressed as Hopper in his Tom Selleck gear, and you dressed as Murray in his like blue tracksuit and shorts gear. But they, <laughs> yes. and we ended up looking like we would arranged that together, which we hadn't. No, but yeah, but I love how Murray's character has become like a main character now. Yes,
1: yeah, I love
0: his karate. I love his <laughs> <laughs> cooking. I just, I love it. I love him and Joyce together. I just, I love Murray. I love the fact that Murray's in it a lot more yeah. this
1: year. It's wonderful. Um, I'll tell you what I liked, and and because I really hope it's never referred to again, like literally never referred to again, is that um, in I think it's episode six, they, um, Mike and um, Will and uh, Jonathan and the weird guy, um, all go to Dustin's girlfriend's, whose name suddenly escapes me for a second. Susie, they go to Susie's house, which is the weirdest house in the world. Oh,
0: it's like it's like a kind of where's Anderson family.
1: It's all tenant bombs within a single house. Yeah, it is so weird. But like, I really just hope now they just move on and we, yeah, never, we never hear go back again. To them
0: again. Because I loved it. It was it was brilliantly weird and quirky. But I don't yeah. want to go back to them. I don't want them to get a spin-off show of their own. They were that, that was no. fine
1: in that episode. It was great. But just as a, all oh, right, okay. Um... Because I think we all thought, oh, he's—they're go- going to Susie. She's going to be this computer nerd. She'll help them. She'll be a bit sassy. But they—they they made it like so much more than that. It was really, really well done. I wasn't expecting uh, them to be
0: quite so interesting a family. No, not at
1: all. It was—it was—it was, it
0: was, it, was it was like they were like the Lost Boys from Peter Pan. The way they were yeah, it was really quite exactly. an Arctic. I loved it.
1: It was really good. Um, yeah, to come to Outlaws, uh, yes. which is, again, you've not seen uh, yet, or the second series you've not seen. I've watched the first two episodes. Um, the second episode's actually on BBC One tonight, but it's fully oh. available on iPlayer. Um, it's it's such a good show. It's yeah. such a warm show. Um, it, the quality level is the same as season one. It's uh, and They've all got their own... Is for, for a show to have eight main characters, which I think it is, I think there's eight of them that are kind of there as the main characters, but to manage to flesh them all out in a way that's not caricature, the way that you like all of them. Yeah. Uh, I think it more, I mean, you know, you, both of us, I think, are team merchant in terms of who was oh, the real creative so. genius behind yeah. the office. Um, and extras, but I do get that sense that you know the way that that Merchant has fleshed all those characters out and given them heart is that I can't help feeling that you know whilst Ricky Gervais was writing all the David Brent scenes, hmm. uh, it yeah. was it was Stephen Merchant that was writing all the other scenes. <laughs> yeah, all the stuff with Tim Don and Tim and
0: all the Gareth stuff. You think that mostly must have come from Merchant.
1: Yeah, I think so, and maybe that's doing your basic service, But I do think it's it's wonderful because because you've got sharp one-liners, but you've also got merchants physical comedy, yeah. which is which is brilliant as well. So yeah, huge fan of Outlaws. Uh, very much looking forward to it. And I'm going to throw a real curveball at you here, oh, go on. Ian, that you're not going to expect something. It's that... him? No, no, not quite that. But you're in the right kind of ballpark. Not music, but in the right ballpark. Okay. Is that due due to now working in an office like I All do? Right. Um, and often surrounded by people that are a bit younger than me now, uh, sort of early 30s, maybe late 20s, um, and often a heavily female uh, workplace as well. I've um, dabbled in a bit of Love Island. Oh, my God, really? I know. But what it reminds me of so much is that, and this is why I'm never expecting that you'll watch it, but the thing about Love Island is that watching it again for the well not watching it again watching it for the first time i haven't seen i watched series one two and three of big brother i think mm-hmm. you got into big brother i think series three yeah i think, I think so yeah it was and then you three. went you went about three four five i think i think yeah, you did three series as well yeah. but we only overlapped i think on on, on season three of them is it? You know the thing that got you in, because you were very dismissive of Big Brother until you oh, watched hated it for it. a bit. I
0: hated, hated the notion of it, completely. Yeah,
1: and then you watched a bit of it, and then you were like, oh, this is kind of addictive. And it's kind of, uh, I don't know, it just draws you in. Don't get me wrong, is I will not be doing the full eight weeks of Love Island by any stretch of the imagination. But you know all the inane conversations and just Mm. the silliness of it and the way that these people have known each other for a day and a half are suddenly the best of friends and the way that the very artificial conversations they have, but also the way that you're kind of like, oh yeah, how do you get to know somebody when you're just thrown in to an experience like that and there's no organic part of it? Is that it is quite fascinating. I, Mm. I do not recommend watching it Per se, but for those people that are watching Love Island, or indeed they may have a partner or even a a, a um, child watching Love Island, there is something to it in that way that us as a generation got into Big Brother mm-hmm. in a huge way. I mean, we we did get into Big Brother in a huge way. Yeah, but way, we are remember. also
0: we are also the generation that got into Neighbours in a huge way which is finishing <laughs> this week because I was because a lot of coverage in the news this week was the fact that we finished shooting the last episode on Friday yes. and I was just thinking about how into Neighbours we all were back in the
1: sort of oh. late 80s it's crazy yeah it is. like Especially, this when, you, especially when, you, wedding.
0: When, when you actually see clips of it. It's terrible. And But we oh. were all... I mean, admittedly, we didn't have much choice back then. We only had four channels of TV. We didn't yeah. have wall-to-wall sport channels. We didn't have a children's channel devoted to us. And what's crazy is, like, Neighbours used to be on at half one in the afternoon and half five at night. Remember? Yeah. So if you were off school ill, you got to see Neighbours early. Now... <sighs> This is pre-internet, obviously, because you couldn't do that now. Because if you didn't now, folk would have it, they'd have spoilers on Twitter by
1: quarter to two in the afternoon. Well, yeah, that collective experience of us all watching it together. That, that's...
0: Watching, was it after Blue Peter or Green Chill or Jossie's Giants or whatever was on at five o'clock,
1: neighbours would come on at, at 5.35 and we all watched it at the same time. And do you know what? Actually, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head about the Love Island thing is that one of the things, because Love Island is on, it's on six days a week. Uh, you get Saturdays off. If you're a love island devotee i've discovered is that you have to watch sunday's episodes before yeah. you go into work on monday and the thing is then you talk about it so it's a collective experience like how much is television not that now the yeah. idea for example that you know you really like outlaws and i haven't watched but, it yet but yeah. you haven't watched it yet but, but back in the day oh, you would I, have had have to no have watched it on the because, sunday
0: yeah because like we would have talked about you know back even when we were working together You'd have know, had to watch yeah. it on Sunday because you would want to talk about it on the Monday at work.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and the phrase, no spoilers, mm-hmm. was not did not exist when the original Big Brother was on. When no. we were watching Big Brother and, you know, you couldn't say no spoilers to somebody because they would look at you with disdain. Yeah. As if to say, well, it was your responsibility to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas that's flipped now, so we don't but, have that But that's experience. the thing,
0: we do, even now talking about Stranger Things and the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, I'm very mindful of spoiling it. I'm trying yeah. not to say too much about it, and you think... We've already had four episodes. There's seven episodes of Stranger Things are out now. Obi One's yeah. been running for a month, and you're still like, "Well, I need to protect people from getting spoiled." We would never yeah. have done that back in the day. Once it was, it's no. basically once it was on telly, it was fair game to talk about it, and that was it.
1: Absolutely. And if you hadn't it was, seen
0: it, you just stayed away. You just didn't go to the people that were talking about it.
1: Exactly. You had to sort of apologise and say, "I'm going to watch it tonight. I'll be back on track tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry." And or just Because you couldn't. Spoil- yeah.
0: Because you couldn't do what we like now. Whether it's just streaming it, or people with a skybox can like save it onto the hard drive, no. we didn't have that option with neighbours and things like that. You just had to no. watch it. I mean, I remember one time going to the Little Chef on a Friday after school, and which I was was a big treat going to the Little Chef, yes. get my wee lolly at the end, and get my milkshake. <laughs> but I remember going mental at my mum and dad because they didn't know how to program the video machine because I didn't want to miss neighbours. Mm. So we had to leave early from Little Chef so we got back in time to me <laughs> to see the end of neighbours. <laughs> And my, and my mom still yeah. mentions that, the fact that they had to leave dinner so that I could see neighbors.
1: And and rightly so. It's the, you know, it's 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 the way that we used to be. And, and yeah, we could video it and videoing did come in, but the thing is, A, there was only a finite amount that you could video just mm. because they were all on tapes, and B, the responsibility was you only videoed stuff if you had to be out. Yeah. You were on holiday or, or you had a concert or the idea yeah. that you would video something because, oh, do you know what? I, I'm not into watching that tonight. I'm going to re-watch. I'm yeah. going to go back and watch an
0: old film. Mr Bean, one of the like three Mr Beans of the year is coming on tonight. I think I'll just video it and not watch it. I'll go and do yeah. something in my bedroom, video it, then I'll watch it later. That never crossed your mind. It was like, you remember... Oh the Christmas experience of having the Christmas TV times and the Christmas radio oh. times and planning what you were going to watch. You're like, oh, yeah. that James was on on Box Day. I'm watching that. Oh, Mannequin's on, on the 3rd. I'm watching <laughs> that. Oh, the Mary Way House experience is on at half nine on that Tuesday. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> so you would plan every night what you were... You'd, I would actually circle or highlight the things I was going to watch. And that... It's like the video shop. Like those days are just gone now. But yeah. from what you're saying, Love Island's a wee bit of a throwback to... Even if it's not our childhood, but
1: certainly the early two
0: thousands when we were all hooked up yeah. brother.
1: And I think that's the thing is it's that collective experience. It's why it's why that even though neither of us are fans of it, why um, strictly come dancing and, mm-hmm. and the extra
0: Yeah I suppose it does harken back to a time when people had a thing they could talk about because the only thing G- Game of Thrones is the only yeah. T V programme I can think of where you like you and I used to text each other during it when it was on live. Yeah. But I yeah. can't think of other than football. Like, you and I sometimes text each other during football, but apart yep. from that, it's very rare. And, that and, and that's it. Yeah.
1: Live sport is the still probably the yeah. only universal... The Because even Game of Thrones, is, as much as we... Yeah, we would watch it together, you know, at the same time. But there was only what I think even even when Game of Thrones was an absolute height of... of it was about six million people in Britain watched yeah, it. I know. You know, that collective experience. And it's probably why we have the end of the sketch comedy in the sense that when we were growing up, and teenagers, I mean, not like kids, but teenagers. You know, the Fast Show, um, Harry Enfield, etc., cetera, et cetera. The reason that they took off and were so successful is every more, next mm-hmm. morning, yeah. you're going to talk about it. Yeah. You know, whereas the, the catchphrases don't work if you haven't all seen it together. You just look Little like Brit- I think
0: Little, Little Britain's the last of that, basically. Yeah, That's which was awful anything, as well. But, which was yeah. terrible, but you think that was kind of early 2000s, just as the internet, yes. mobile phones were starting to take off. Since then, yeah. we've not really had that kind of cultural thing. So no, oh, well yeah.
1: So, so I think we've got to we've we've got quite deep there, whilst also not being yeah. depressing. That's good. Well done. Which is unusual for us. Uh, so anyway, we will leave you with that uh, listener and um, have a lovely week. Indeed. Bye. Bye everyone. <laughs>